I'm Tyler Metacortex Dennering. I'm Connery. Dodge this, Hanson. And I'm Geronimo, the Jumbotron 5000 Moran. <laughs> Good. Gerontotron. And this is a franchise, a podcast where friends get together to talk about movie franchises. Today, we are covering a new series on The Matrix. <laughs> Burn all the witches and dig all the ditches. <laughs> I forgot that song was in here. Oh, that song is so good. We're joined today by our friend, video editor, back from Pirates 5. Long time, guys. Anyways, here we are covering The Matrix. Before we talk about the movies themselves, we have to talk about what's new. Thank you, Connor. Uh, just anything, any new movies, TV shows, music we've been listening to, any new media in our lives. Connery, what's new with you? What's that movie called? Um, Encanto. And... Oh, me too. Oh, you did? Good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to talking to you about this because while it definitely wasn't geared at me, I it was still, it was cute. The animation's fantastic. Like there was one scene where I watched it with Jose, Grayson, and my mom. And there was one scene where she like, falls out of like the sand dune chamber where like her one of her like uncles lives, and she's just covered in sand. I was like, damn, like the sand. Good job, Disney. <laughs> Other than that, I thought I thought it was okay. Um, I it wasn't probably my favorite or didn't really make me feel big feels, but I thought it was a nice, okay movie. Drama. What what do you think about it? I'm curious. Um, it definitely had way too much singing. And, yeah, and you can uh, tell where Lin-Manuel Miranda is writing the music, yeah. and it's it's starting to become oh, a bit of a parody of himself. He's there again. Yeah, he's well, there. He's a Disney shill now. I'm trying yeah. to accept it. The, the thing with that Encanto is not only was it, it was absolutely a gorgeous, very well animated, and the colors were fantastic. Oh, I yeah. was bought, I, I bought it, I bought it from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely one of the comments that I saw from people commenting online was that they had way too many songs in it. And like, oh, my God, here we go. Another song. And at first yeah. I was like, you know what? That's OK. That's very Disney cookie cutter. Like, you know, that's what that's their formula. And it works very well for a lot of their movies. Yeah, this one was like, OK, you guys, I get it. There's a lot of songs. I love it. But make sure we are able to understand the lyrics because I watched it not only in English when I went to see it on theaters. And mm -hmm. I had a hard time understanding it. But then I went with my family who only speaks Spanish. And that's when it got released on Disney+. Plus, yeah, and yeah. we watched it uh, in Spanish. And even then I'm like, oh, even in Spanish, I can't understand it. Because so <laughs> it's, it's that Lin-Manuel Cage. Just, he just goes so fast. And you're like, dude, like, I don't know, take it slow. Do something else. Like, please, God, I'm getting so sick of this. <laughs> yeah. But it was oh, like, really I love nice the movie. guy, but like, I can always tell now whenever he's doing a Disney movie because he does the same thing over and over mm -hmm. again. Sounds like all Lin Manuel Miranda has to say to you is, You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That's all I was Jesus. thinking. I, was <laughs> I staunchly believe they wanted him to play um, Bruno, but he said no. So they hired somebody that sounded exactly like him to be Bruno. <laughs> Who's Bruno? The creepy uncle. <laughs> they wanted Dwayne the Rock Johnson to play the creepy. No, Lin Manuel Miranda. Oh, okay. Johnson. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, well, I don't know what this movie's about really, but I know they're singing. Uh, it's a Disney movie. I know there's capybaras in it, and uh, yes, there is a capybara. You'd probably enjoy that. It, it's basically about like a magical family 
who find that they are slowly losing their magic powers. Do, can I give full spoilers? Like, are you going to watch it, Tyler? Do you care? I, I want to talk about the ending in particular, where I was like, there's this one scene where it just feels incredibly forced. No, and I, just I was like, just like, well, like what, like why are they losing their powers? Like what? Well, they're losing their powers because is grandma is that's a piece a of shit. Oh, whoa. <laughs> hey. That, drama, that's exactly why they're losing their powers. Because grandma can't pull, is like so bad with her family. Even though it doesn't seem like she's doing anything wrong. Yeah. But then the movie says, yes, she's doing everything wrong, apparently. Absolutely. That's Abuela, I'm very sorry. You're going to have to get this spoiled for you. Because I don't think, like at this point, you should already watched it, man. I'm kidding. Oh, yeah, just like but... Citizen Kane. It's <laughs> <laughs> been out for a full, like, four days. Spoilers Come for on, Encanto. Man. Come on, Rosa. It's frankly your fault. <laughs> the fact that you haven't seen everything that's out right now. Yeah, the fact that you watched another Grindhouse movie instead of Encanto. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Well, like, like Tyler said, full spoilers. So... The very ending, um, the main girl, she is literally walking down the middle of the aisle of her like entire family, and they each one of them have to say to her how great she is before she like gets this like reconstructed version of their house after it's like blown up. And I was just like, this is way too much. Like this is borderline like ridiculous to me. <laughs> but again, that that was just me. I thought that was like really unnecessary and a lot and also oh the main crux of the movie teller is she has no like superpower basically her family all has superpowers and she doesn't do they have magic or are they like superheroes like i don't what is they might as well be superheroes one of them has super strength one can see the future one of them can make plants grow they're superheroes basically but they're they're magic you know magic the family magic out it's an encanto it's a it's a uh enchantment if you a think miracle. about it, that's the literal translation of it. It's an enchantment. Mm-hmm. So they all have just very interesting abilities that are very beneficial to kind of like, if you, if you really read into it, I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to like kind of show some like family ideals. Yeah. The person who's strong, who builds every, you know, who holds people together. Uh, the person who's perfect. We always have that one perfect person in our family who's just never wrong. But then literally we know they're raging inside and they're kind of, so you know, psychopaths. So yes. there were some interesting elements in there, but I agree yeah. with Connery. There were some things that were forced in there that I was like, oh, for a kid's movie? Oh, this is perfect. Beautiful. I thought a boy that was going to hit her in that one scene with the confrontation and the house was going to like, part of it was going to blow off, but she didn't do a smack oh. and I was kind of sad. Oh. And the house, I think the house was the main antagonist because the house could have said something. First of oh, all, yeah, how, right. dare, you ruin totally a, how dare you ruin a child, a children, like a child's childhood a porch, uh, yeah, like their childhood. They ruined their childhood by night. Oh, you don't get any superpowers. You suck. Yeah. <laughs> and she's going to grow up, but you know, grow up living like that. If, if it happens to you as a child, you'll grow up into that. And I mean, on the bright side, it. she seems very fine with having no powers. Like, there's never really an inner struggle for her to be like, I'm mad that I have no powers. She never gets to vocalize that or say that. She's very like, Yeah, I have no powers. I'm just me. I'm already okay with that. Hoo hoo hee. And I was like, <laughs> I, I doubt that. I really, really doubt that. But you know, like it's okay. It's it just it's obviously not geared towards me. It has no no bad guy. I think I read an article at one point from either I think Polygon wrote a thing being like Disney solved this like no antagonist formula with Encanto. And I was like, I don't know. I, I kind of hope they 
keep to getting bad guys because I like bad guys in like Disney movies. Yeah. They're always like fun. Mm-hmm. And I was it's like, I hope they don't like follow this model similar and just be like, oh, it's like a little like internal problem. They'll work it out and everyone will be friends in the end. I'm like, no, I need like a Gaston. I need like somebody there. It's like, it's you, <laughs> a Clayton. Yeah. Eh? Honestly, yeah. they have that's the formula. They have to change that formula because it's going to get old. Yeah. But hey. Not that I've seen a lot of recent Disney movies, but it like probably the last one I saw in theaters was Mo- Moana. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like more and more uh, of those, especially like the the CG animated ones. Like it yeah. seems like they're trying to replicate Pixar, not just in the style. Like not to say it's the same exact style, but just also having less central conflict with like a particular antagonist, kind of like yeah. the old, uh, the, any older Disney movie. <laughs> you know, like two D animation, mm-hmm. Hunchback, Pocahontas, yeah, like, Mulan. Is a good, like yeah, Mulan's all a good because literally like the antagonist turns out to be the good guy all along like she's literally just the island was missing her heart and she got it replaced she's like i'm good now which is which is nice you know i don't know and maybe it's just a product of my upbringing i was just brought up with that so i'm like this is all i know (laughs) (laughs) you're brought up with what i I was brought up with having like a physical antagonist in disney movies so now maybe i miss that so when i watch that i'm like this (laughs) is not my childhood like of course it's not I thought you meant personally. You had no, a no, physical I, antagonist, an antagonist in my life. And now you Who's do your current antagonist, Um, Do the capybaras sing? That is my question. Uh, no, they yeah. kind of just exist. Which okay, I well, think that's very capybara. I'll still probably check it out. Yeah. I follow a few Twitter pages that are just capybaras and I send them to both Lily and my mom uh, incessantly. I would oh, say hey, they're you... very capybara. It's like they kind of just chill, which is good. I'm like, this, yeah. is, this is what they do. <laughs> if uh, anybody wants me to send them capybara images, just email us at the franchise podcast at gmail.com. Um, Connery, it sounds like your final review on this movie in Canto is uh, the sand, really nice, rest of movie, bad. A beautiful animation, I'll say. Beautiful animation, uh, subpar story for me, but hey. Gotcha. Everybody likes different things. So. <laughs> Uh, Tyler, what's new with you? Uh, I watched Power of the Dog the other the other what's night. Um, it's new Jane Campion movie on Netflix. Um, it came out like uh, I guess from time this time this comes out like maybe a month ago. Um, she hasn't done a movie in like twelve years, but she's she did like the piano, which she got a few Oscars for, as well as uh, like I haven't seen any of the other movies besides piano, the piano and Power of the Dog, but. Uh, I don't know what in, the piano is. In the cut. Uh, it's it's set in New Zealand. Uh, it came out like 91, I think. But it's about, uh, wow, it's been a long time since I've seen it. But uh, she's like a mute woman and she kind of like falls in love and she kind of is like trying to find her own agency. Look, at, <laughs> this is probably not a good synopsis of what the movie is, but it's, it's a very uh, like gorgeous looking movie. And it's set in New Zealand in like the 1800s, I believe. Ooh. Um, but that's on Netflix as well right now. But Fire the Dogs with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Kirsten Dunst, Cody Smith McPhee, Jesse Plemons. Uh, I honestly like really like everybody in it. And uh, Benedict Cumberbatch uh, plays, he like the whole, I don't want to give away too much of this movie at all, but uh, mm-hmm. kind of there's a lot of shifting narratives in this movie yeah. that aren't. Uh, 
that aren't immediately obvious. It's just all through like shot composition and like just gradually who you think is uh, who you're supposed to follow kind of changes. Okay. Um, and some people who seem like awful people kind of have a lot more going on than you than you think. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Basically to sum it up, it's like really gorgeous looking well-paced movie like it's definitely a slow burn um but the cumberbatch is really great in it like i think he should definitely be nominated i think the cinematography should be nominated <laughs> directing screenplay <laughs> like I, I don't know i just think it's it's like a really great movie that should get awards that is not at the same it's at the same time not an oscar play but um yeah it takes place in the 1920s in montana uh Benedict Cumberbatch and Jesse Plemons are brothers and Jesse Plemons is kind of like the businessman and they're like kind of a well-off family, but Benedict Cumberbatch is like, he's like Harvard educated, you find out, but at the same time, he just like wants to be like a cowboy. He just wants to be like of the earth and stuff. Mm. Mm. He wants to run it. There's just a lot of conflict when um, I'll just set up that uh, he and Kirsten Dunst begin a relationship, Jesse Plemons and, and she does and they move into the house so it's like a family drama with like a lot of conflict between big stinker benedict cumberbatch and the new people that have moved into his family estate so nice uh there's a lot of great scenes some points are like it's like is somebody gonna kill someone in this scene like it's just like a lot of tension and other times like (laughs) there's scenes that are just really funny um so i don't know just really runs the gamut and i highly recommend it it's on netflix what about you drama in terms of books, uh, quick shout out to one of my favorite books right now. I'm reading a book about just self-improvement because mm-hmm. this is what best time to start working on self-improvement than a new year, right? Yes. And it's called, uh, I think it's called 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. And it kind of goes into like a deep dive into 13 specific things that we tend to really do for ourselves where that could really hinder us and mm-hmm. really... Uh, prevent us from really seeing the full picture of where we're at in our lives. So um, I've been, I was drawn on that book. I was getting my first COVID shot and I saw that book and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm going through some mental stuff right now. I, I want to read this. I don't know why. And it's really put a really good perspective into how to kind of, how to approach situations where you find yourself, for example, having a pity party. Um, a lot of people don't think or don't even know when they're having a little pity party, but like, you know, if you're feeling really down on yourself, you're like, oh my God, like everything sucks right now for me. I shouldn't be dealing with this. I should not be like, hey, chill. You're having a pity party. What do you need to do about it? Stop it. So yeah. it kind of kind of shows some really cool examples. So that's been really opening out my mind. And on top of that, I've been really following my um, my want of, wa- of rewatching films uh, in a different mm-hmm. lens and perspective by watching older films such as for example the matrix i saw the matrix was on hbo uh, max and i was like you know what i watched this many times but i don't i haven't seen it in this different perspective i want to see it in this now full hd i want to see what it is and just open my brain up to it again you and watch really it from the perspective cool. of mr anderson or mr uh, smith sorry right right exactly <laughs> <laughs> And absolutely, like that movie was just again. I I ha- it blew my mind. I was, it it still blows my mind. I would watch it over and over and over again. That before we get into that, I did want to touch on another movie as well. Is I watched Titanic. 
And oh. I cannot tell you why, but I, I, I just watching that movie, just the editing and just everything, even though the CGI is very outdated by this point. Oh my <laughs> goodness. It is just a very, it, it is a reason why it's, I think the top three top now it's the third or the fourth uh, highest course in film of all time. It, yeah. it, it was really good. Um, I think uh, number one is Avatar still holds that title. So yeah, I think like, oh, yeah. did Avatar get it back? because yeah, it, it was it, it re-released and overtook uh, Avengers Endgame again <laughs> yeah, because it. Endgame re-released also and then right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so a lot of self-improvement books here and there, just for fun, and then um, rewatching some oldies, um, and then also just watching just. I started watching some Westerns the other day, really weird, really random. I was just on Paramount Plus and have a bunch of like old movies. And I'm like, I'm just going to click on that. What the heck were people watching back then? And I'm like, yeah, looking at these and I'm like, oh my God, like I need to be high for this. Yeah, just, it was just, just to like, you know, kind of really get into that. And I started thinking, I'm like, what were people looking at these things? Like what, what was the appeal? And maybe this yeah. wasn't a good movie then. Men were the appeal. Men, Men were the appeal. Absolutely. <laughs> it is interesting when, like, you go back and watch a movie, and it's like, oh, I guess this is what people like back then. And then, like, you right. kind of you have to do like a lot more research because those reviews aren't necessarily just going to be on Rotten Tomatoes or something. It's just like, right? Oh no, actually, people didn't like this movie back then either. <laughs> <I just> think <laughs> exactly. everyone's dumb and enjoyed everything. Yeah, Titanic. Never need an explanation for why anybody would want to watch oh. it. It's near, on uh, near, far, wherever you are. It's a good movie. Also, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, what a babe. Sorry, guys. Not a true beauty. True beauty. And it's still a true beauty, that man. Do you think he's prettier in this or in Romeo and Juliet? This, Titanic. Yeah. Uh, just because it, that was, I feel like that was a good peak for him. And then, you know, there he... I was telling uh, Patrick the other day that he was very, he was the iconic American boy at that time as the same way yes. as Spears was the iconic American girl. And mm -hmm. that, you know, that's just the way I saw, you know, blonde hair, beautiful face, blue eyes, just like, you know, light skin, very American, has the flowy hair and everything. And I'm just like, oh, they casted this movie so well, so well. And mwah, masterpiece, masterpiece. Same that way Rose with is a pretty good piece of work as well. <laughs> anyway. Did paint her like one of her one of his French girls? Very much so. Is uh is Leonardo DiCaprio prettier in J. Edgar or The Revenant? <laughs> is that a question for me? <laughs> I don't know. It's a question for the, for the audience. audience. For everybody that's, that's out a, there. I'm gonna say the Revenant there for me, dear. Is anyone's like favorite thing when he uh <laughs> sleeps inside of the tauntaun or whatever he opens up oh. like a deer i think it's a deer yeah yeah i only to saw that honest, movie once <laughs> to be honest i thought probably the revenant just because he not only was he such a good actor but i believed everything and i'm just like i'm not i don't find you sexy at this moment but i'm like i would probably want to be like if i was a like if i was in that time and you know whatever sex he was attracted to back then i'm like i want a man that can do all that and protect me because <laughs> it's fucking crazy out there in that world yeah like, I mean, this you're guy right. <laughs> there and survived a freezing lake and like emerged out of a pile of bodies he's going places a man who puts gunpowder in his own wounds to cauterize them <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's why he got the oscar right he got the oscar because yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it uh, was real uh, even then add, add to the sexiness <laughs> finish it with an oscar
Yeah. Young. Nice. That's uh, why he did Don't Look Up. Well, I looked at that movie and then I looked away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Drama, is that book that you mentioned? Is it 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do? Yeah. Take back your power, embrace change, face your fears, and train your brain for happiness and success. Mm-hmm. Woo. Okay, cool. That is the book by Amy Morin. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Very, I could, very, very fun book. So I far. could uh, use some positivity in my life. <laughs> no, I, I totally recommend it. Like, it's, oh, I'm learning so much things. Like, sometimes where I'm like so confused with my own stuff, I'm like, what? why the hell am I feeling like this? Why am I thinking yeah. about this? And I'm reading on it and I'm like, ah, ah. And I just keep, I keep telling myself, oh, this is, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. And then, you know, when we become hyper aware of what really is happening and somebody tells you how it is and you're like, hey, maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I should work on my problems. So just putting them away. <laughs> yeah. Is no. the last uh, chapter just one sentence and it says, you're in the matrix and then you're like oh no, no this is my fault really <laughs> there is uh, no book you're <laughs> bending the book <laughs> whenever you like bend the book a little bit too much and it gets all warped out um oh. <laughs> connor i do like he's saying that geronimo saw this movie from the perspective of agent smith just because it's like one of those things it's like yeah you know when you get older you look at a movie different it's just like <laughs> but it's it's like we'll talk about that as a child on. i watched the dark knight through the perspective of batman but as an adult i relate to the joker <laughs> let's just say i understood cypher's perspective a little bit more nowadays but uh <laughs> yeah that's our what's new let's get in to the matrix let's in, let's get in in the grid which Jack is in. from tron not the matrix uh let's digitize ourselves into ones and zeros follow the white rabbit down to a yeah. cool rave that's playing rob zombie remixes say goodbye to kansas yeah let's do that talk about the Here's movie drama what's your personal experience with the matrix uh, interestingly enough, I'm very into uh, cyber goth, like culture, uh, punkness, like all that, like post-apocalyptic punk, just anything that's dark, cybertronic, throw, throw some highlighter paint at my face and throw me under a black light and like, let's get dark <laughs> up in this bitch. I love all this that. This movie's your all fashion. Yeah. Oh, so, so back then, like back then I watched it many times and it did have a good influence. It's, it's such an iconic film and even watching it now, I'm looking. I, I'm looking at their wardrobe. I'm looking at the the coloring of all the shots and just how they really take the emergence of technology of the time and the fast revolutionary advances in tech from just the internet, from everything that was happening, and they really just say like, "Hey, this is like this could get out of hand," and yeah. they kind of run with it and bringing myself out of that from the 90s world up into this world and I'm like gosh this movie is just so good because it really does question reality it questions everything mm -hmm. about what we come to just accept as true and as they say you know if you really follow the uh you know follow the see how deep the rabbit hole goes you know you can get lost in it bless you uh, Thank oh, you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Are you glitching? Is the matrix glitching? I feel like <laughs> yes, that's why I sneezed twice. 
Deja Chu. Deja Chu. That's a chew. <laughs> Give us five stars right now. Everyone. That's one of the first good puns I've actually enjoyed in a long time. Yeah, it's like, Geronimo, should you be, should your nickname be Dejeronimo Boo? You already had me as Geronimo. <laughs> like yeah, I already changed our, our names on, on the Zoom chat. Geronimo's Geronimo. Connery's Trinity, like Trinity. And Trinity. <laughs> and I, of course, am Dorkfius. Love it. Dork- I absolutely love it. <laughs> Trinity. That's so stupid. <laughs> well, this is what people come here to listen to. <laughs> Trinity. <laughs> oh, I've had two glasses of wine. <laughs> oh, I should have done the same. Did you put ice uh, in it this time? I put ice in it every time. Tyler, it's not really a thing that I don't do. I'm not judging. I'm just asking. I remember that I offered that to uh, to a date one t- one time, and she was like, "No, n- no one I know has done that ever." And I was like, "Well, I'm having ice in my wine. <laughs> you can join me or be normal." Well, Connor, you know who else puts ice in their wine? Neo, Diane Keaton. Oh, Diane Keaton does good. I'm in yeah, good company. So you're in good company. It wasn't a Matrix yeah. reference, but. Hey, Geronimo's okay, got good. his his Matrix glasses on now. <laughs> yeah, oh, I have them. I gotta change my background too. Uh, anyway, sorry, uh, Geronimo, I interrupted. Well, Has it movie. influenced your life in some way, or is it just a reaffirmation that we all live in a simulation? You know, I definitely don't care if we're in a simulation because, just like, uh, what was the character's name you mentioned? I Cipher. Cipher. He was the one that betrayed them, right? Um, yeah. You know, I wholeheartedly believe him. He is, he is all of us. He's like, we don't want the veil to be lifted out of our eyes. We want to live yeah. in this. We don't want to see the harsh reality of the world. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he's been there, seen it, doesn't care. And, you know, it has, you know, not, that movie hasn't really affected me, but it definitely recently when I just watched it, it made me really think about those things where I'm like, yeah, sometimes we choose, you know, ignorance. We choose to ignore things in our life that we really should pay attention to. And even though they hurt, we don't take on them. And instead, we choose the easier path. We choose to believe. We choose to mm-hmm. just go on with our lives and be in that reality. The um, lie that, is more beautiful than the truth. Absolutely. And it'll, it'll always be, right? Mm-hmm. So so that's why also the movie-wise, editing-wise, just, again, mwah, phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. Um, and just watching it again was very inspirational and um i've i've been reading a little bit here and there about how it's also the the wachowskis just confirmed it as it's also a trans um allegory yeah yeah and i I never really thought about it that way and i would love to Mm -hmm. think about it as well and just research that more but i'm like yeah like we all kind of like are reborn once our perception of ourselves is just lifted and we're shown who we truly are and it's you know, some people quiver and want to go back into the cocoon, and some of us wants to just break out and move on. Yeah, define their new reality. I, I agree with that. When you were talking about lenses of like watching this movie, and I joked at you <laughs> about watching it through, through Mr. Smith's perspective, I was like, I, I heard that before. They they consider this now a they now like this is a trans allegory story. I watched it that lens. I was like, oh yeah, absolutely, it, it makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, especially through like the character Switch, who I guess originally they wanted to be a man in real life and then when they enter the matrix like their their avatar is a woman mm. um, but then warner brothers like 
didn't want that for some reason. Especially because like, I feel like in video games, men do that all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They didn't want to do that. So then they just had the character be like androgynous uh, mm. in appearance instead, just to like carry that. It's not the exact same metaphor, obviously, but it's, it's the uh, sentiment. Yeah. yeah this, this movie was just so, just, it's very unique. It's, it's hard to really think of a movie that's done something well, for the time, I know one of the most iconic scenes is the CGI of when they're like doing the bullet dodging, mm-hmm. like and the trench coats. Let's talk about wardrobe. Oh. The trench coats. Just Drum why up. Is this the style you wear to Das Bunker? Like I was like, this is all I could think about when I was watching. It. Oh, I was like, Geronimo must wear this to Das Bunker. If you guys are into cyber goth culture and would like to spend a really good time and wear everything that you see on the Matrix, you can. Uh, visit Das Bunker when they have their uh, their club nights in Los Angeles, and I guarantee you, you will have a good time. Just come dress all in black and wear your goggles and just pretend you're in the Matrix because either you're in the Blade universe or you're in the Matrix, but when you're there, Wait, you're when? family. When you're there, you're family. <laughs> it's the Olive Garden of, like, cyber gods. Absolutely. Not Olive Garden, but Infinite glow it. sticks. Oh, <laughs> bring as many. We have infinite We live, we die, we live again. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. Well, what I was trying to articulate earlier is that yeah, you could just definitely read this movie in so many different ways, and like, like yes, it's trans allegory. There's also you can read it as living a different life virtually, and mm-hmm. just having a completely different persona. Um, that is like. Maybe not in terms of like even gender or sexual orientation, but um, just in general, uh, being a different character, you know, like, yeah. uh, <laughs> like you can not that that <laughs> that is covered in this movie, but it's like, oh, well, can it, somebody it in the Matrix of... like look like Banjo Kazooie if they wanted, you know, like, I, I don't think so. I think the reality yeah. of that is very like a construct. Like you couldn't like. If you did, you'd probably attract the attention of like all the Mr. Smiths in the area by like showing up as Banjo Kazooie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. But there's also like a a mention of just like 1999, the pinnacle of your society. Like we tried I was to a make sad about that. Like that's the pinnacle. <laughs> yeah, because it's like just uh, whether intentional or not. Like you have to be aware, at least at some point, like the late 90s, that oh things are kind of. Like not for everything, especially not for equality. Like I feel like to think that things have gotten better since in the past 20 years. I mean, it's not like all an upward scale, but um, just uh, in terms of Western society as a whole, like he's like, mm-hmm. this is Agent Smith's like, this was your perfect, the perfect, the pinnacle of your society, 1999. Yeah, like, <laughs> pinnacle doesn't mean good to him either. Like he, he even says, we tried paradise and you guys all rejected that. Yeah. So he gave you like the shit show. This is like the pinnacle of like your opulence, your like self-hatred, like you're still pieces of shit, but like this is like when you were like, you know doing your thing the most yeah you humans need some misery to like articulate to like comprehend the world as as reality like the I, perfect world didn't work i loved his whole speech to morpheus where he's like i hate this place or <laughs> i was like that is, yeah. i didn't remember that at all i thought that was so good like if i was in high school and i saw this movie like a bunch of times i would probably learn that speech by heart but <laughs> i thought that was such a great monologue I'm like oh that's so good go you go even go that was great 
Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's another one of those movies, but probably even more powerful than a lot of 90s movies that this movie indirectly deals with terrorism, whether it like really, like when I, when this movie came out, especially since I was a lot younger, when I was like, mm-hmm. what, seven when this movie came out? You don't think about these things, but I just kept on thinking about like, that this scene doesn't age well, I think in terms of uh, where the world is right now, especially like the US, but like that scene where they just, they have to go save Morpheus and they go and like shoot up all the security guards and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, there's a whole debate. Nah, it's not even a deb- debate, but just like recently on Twitter, someone's like uh, some uh, critic was like, Oh, like all movies have to be moral or something. And everyone was just like bagging on them like relentlessly. And I'm like, oh, like, like this is not really totally related to my point. I just think it's uh, yeah, I don't agree that like whatever the subject material subject matter of a movie like it doesn't all have to be moral I'm like this is the yeah. scene is very much like that where it's just like because there's even a line earlier on where morpheus is telling neo it's like if you die in the matrix you die in real life yeah uh, and because... he, he even says to him like some of these people won't wake up and to that point they are our enemies so we have to do what we gotta do to like do our job mm-hmm. yeah so, so it's like just... that even means like killing people who like aren't aware of what's going on and are just kind of like doing their quote-unquote job and Morpheus is like a, like, well, Neo is definitely a religious figure and Morpheus is like a, a prophet He's a or whatever. It's like basically anything for the cause. And like, yeah, I mean, this is all like terrorism. If you just look at it from a different angle, um, yeah. not, and I'm not saying like, oh, the movie's bad because of that. But I was just reading, looking it up a little bit, like, especially that scene, I just Googled like, uh, does Neo kill the people in real life if, when he does that? And yeah, um, mm-hmm. I just found like some forums and stuff like that on like, sci-fi like sci-fi stack exchange stack exchange is just like a big q a thing and there's just a bunch of different perspectives on it basically like yes they're killing people in real life this was justified by claiming they were trying to save the human race as a whole and that these people were unknowingly fighting against that goal someone else was saying like oh it's like a war against the machines and these people are like protecting the machines even if they're not aware of it like kind of like with cypher it's like he'd rather not know about it he'd rather just live on his life and like live this happy life um, but then other yeah. people are saying like, oh yeah, I mean, it's obviously definitely not justified. Um, but it's just interesting. Cause like even one scene in this movie can draw up so much conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they're not using rubber bullets or anything like, in, no, in yeah, my opinion, like they, they are, they are killing those people straight up, like in, in the real life too, like their bodies die in their tubes. Yeah. I never thought about that. That's so crazy. Cause that's true. They, they kill a lot of people with everything they did. And I'm like, wow. Yeah, especially like all the dusters and everything and like Neo in particular. Okay. It's just like, oh, they're like, they look really cool. But then it's also just like very close to just, uh, just It just inspired history. a lot of incels is all. It inspired incels. It's like the proto-incel like inspiration movie. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there's a whole thing, yeah, with like the red pill on Reddit and everything like that. That's been that was growing in the past like five years um even up to the point where hbo max is advertising matrix resurrections right now is like time to return time to take the red pill again i'm like they have to at least be like I- i'm wondering if they cover they they uh discuss this at all like, on matrix resurrections because i know it's supposed to be a pretty like, like the, reflexive film we're like the trumps and like elon musk shouting like take the red pill at each yeah. other at one point too yeah but they're all like just misinterpreting the point yeah, of exactly. the movie. Like they're just like blatantly unaware of everything that's going on in that movie. Anyway, I think I'm kind of too specific of a tangent. Maybe we should back up a little bit, zoom out. Um, you're going through the internet. That's very much the Matrix. 
Uh, I really like the first scene because it's inspired by Space Jam A New Legacy. <laughs> you said that to me. I'm going to need a quick reminder because I feel like I emptied that movie from my memory after watching it. It's the exact same scene except Granny is there instead of Trinity. Oh, right. Connery, when did you, did you see this movie in theaters when it came out? Like how many, did you grow up with this movie? I saw this movie for the first time on one of my Apple Valley trips. And that was probably when I was, I saw it later, I feel like. I, I may have been around like a 15, 16 when I saw this one for the first time. And I honestly hadn't thought about it ever since I watched it. But yeah, like, I don't know. I just hadn't thought about it in a long time. And or I, other than like references online, then I saw it again this morning and I was like, this movie slaps. It's really, really good. Yeah, I guess I, I've seen this movie so many times that it's it's at the point now, like it's hard for me to fully process it as being so revolutionary or whatever, like especially like the camera work and mm-hmm. just all the phys- philosophical concepts in a blockbuster movie. I'm just like, oh yeah, I just kind of take this for granted. Like there's points in this movie where I'm like, there's a lot of exposition in this scene, but I'm just like, oh, well, I mean, when this came out, maybe it was <laughs> like, you need that explanation, but there's even points where it's like EMP. And then she has to like explain what EMP is. And then Morpheus is like, quiet. <laughs> right. But, um, but I mean, the third act's fantastic. I'm not going to argue with you. Like, I feel like it has a lot of exposition, but the third act is just incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any particular uh, parts, Geronimo, that like you, you enjoyed the most in this movie? Um, many. Uh, every single minute of it. Uh, but specifically... <laughs> Um, there's this one scene, it's at the very beginning when he starts kind of questioning things, you know, he's talking to his boss, he got there late, and they're like telling him, hey, like, you know, you better shape up or whatever, yada, yada, yada. Um, And he knows that he's not fitting in, he knows that he's standing out. And the moment he's aware that he's being tracked or that they're trying to get him and then um, um, he's being told where to go and where to run and he's like freaking out and he's just like he doesn't know who to listen to people around him start kind of looking at him directly people around him kind of start looking at him weird and I can see it on the on the extras like when they're looking or when they're staring and they're doing like that and that it reminded me of like when you're a person in our current society who doesn't stand out like who stands out because they don't fit in or they don't conform to the general like yeah. you know population that we're in people look at you people look at your weird like they're like immediately that's all we do because like oh you're not in the same realm as we are you're acting weird that's weird that's weird and then we're like immediately looking at them and kind of ostracizing them in a way so that mm-hmm. was seen was like really good because all the like his boss for example he was just like you better do this whatever 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 and then not show up late and then he was actually agreeing. He's like, I'm sorry. And, but then that's just him correcting the programming and like, hey, you're stepping out of line here. Follow the programming. Right. And it's just a blatant, just in your face saying, hey, we're all kind of programmed in a way, whether we like it or not, since the very beginning, since we are born, we are programmed um, yeah. to believe certain ideals and thoughts that it makes up our society. So that was one of, one of my, the film, uh, one of the scenes that I really liked um and uh another really funny thing is one of my favorite scenes was the one where they blow all those cups up when they go into the building to uh to save him um because at that point we crossed the bridge from reality to 
the dream world in a way where we're like, okay, now it's just, now it's action time. Now it's yeah. boom, boom, bah, cool shots, all this stuff. At this point, like we're done showing you everything about this world. Now you're here to enjoy it. Now yeah. you're, you're, you're part of us. We're taking you for a ride. And to me, I was like, take me for that ride. I want to see them look cool. And then just the way they're like the slow motion. It was just a just really, really well done scene. And oh, it's a blast. Yeah, it was, just a, it was a blast to watch. Quite, quite a blast. The sh- <laughs> shotgun blast to the back. Yeah, right. That's one of my favorite scenes is uh, when he gets a phone call from Morpheus from the first time. He gets a package and just a ringing phone inside. <laughs> he has to answer it right away. <laughs> and it's just like, even when I first saw that, just like, oh, wow, this is crazy. Like, it's just such a good transition um, mm-hmm. from this life he's always known to this outside world that's actually reality. And uh, yeah, I mean, that really speaks to me too. It's like, I like I noticed when he was like kind of ducking under and like trying to get out of there and like the guy in the copying machines, like looking at him all weird. I'm like, yeah, I guess, you know, if you're just living a normal everyday life, like you'd be like, why is this guy on the ground running away with his phone? It's been so many times in my life and I feel like I've gotten a lot better at it, but just like, especially when I was a teenager and anytime I did something that was, slightly out of the ordinary or like got attention whether it was even like positive sometimes it's just like uh just like not like some like just people saying something where it's just like even something as trivial as like stop hey, picking like, your nose <laughs> yeah hey quit <laughs> quit picking your butt in public no <laughs> okay <laughs> no <I'm> just, <laughs> society man <laughs> let me do it <laughs> i i'm trying to rejoin the apes <laughs> no just like just even little things when somebody that i like barely knew would be like hey man like looks like it's time for a haircut it's just like i hate this like quit commenting mm. on things because it's making you uncomfortable like it's little yeah. stuff like that that's my little angsty moment but it's just like trying the conformity and like obviously this isn't the 50s anymore but it's just like it's even those little things just like absolutely like people notice when like oh this isn't how things should be and even in that scene you're saying with like the the security guards um, when they, when Neo and Trinity break in to save Morpheus, it's like those guards and there's other scenes too. Those guards are probably just like, oh, these are, they're telling us these people are criminals. Um, mm-hmm. Like, why is Morpheus being held up there by these agents? Like, what is mm-hmm. that? What is that governmental? Like, like who do they think the agents are? I guess. I guess they, they probably think figure that the FBI or something. Yeah, like they're the status quo and they're like, well, I better uh, hand them off to these guys because. Hey, yeah uh they said they need to interrogate them and it's just like they're just gonna like because that torture morpheus you know but they're just like rationalizing it and that's something that happens in our society a lot too there's that one cop in the beginning who says don't give me that jurisdiction crap because this is our thing and then mr smith's like your cops are already dead by the way (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like the only time a cop says anything and he's just like shut up they're dead yeah (laughs) Yeah, because it's like at the end you know they're working for somebody in their reality in their dream world in the matrix they have a boss and then they're like hey i'm i'm like i'm part of this and i'm getting my paycheck and i'm going home to my wife psych i'm not because i'm getting shut up in the face but yeah you even know, mr smith has a money. boss though like like what you're saying drama makes sense is even he's like i want my ticket out of this shit this like shithole i want to be done with this mm-hmm. yeah it just it becomes see- yeah sorry he becomes really interesting like in the sequels too it's like whether it's fully uh developed or, or hashed out but he eventually wants 
he discovers he wants his own agency at some point you know mm-hmm. um, it's like true ai this movie's too true to real life in a lot of ways and it's <laughs> unsettling but that's the point that that's the point the point is to make you uncomfortable but you're gonna feel a little bit uncomfortable but you know the first time you watch it you're gonna be in the movie and you're gonna love it and you're gonna some parts are not gonna click with you you watch it again you if you if you buy into the world you're gonna start really thinking about it i feel like generally the general population of of your very typical not movie buff guy uh or person person uh sorry they're just going in there to watch a film to be in the thrill to see because it's advertised it's marketed so cool and it's yeah like, so cool it's the matrix man and then like oh it's not cool like we could be living in a weird world man and then that's that's where we leave it we do that but then some people they're like holy shit there is more stuff to it and that this is where we're at i feel <laughs> oh yeah or, yeah it's like the, school for this shit. the code <laughs> i think most people could read it like especially when it came out it's like oh this is like a cool action movie and, oh it makes you think about all this stuff and but it's like mm-hmm. the lead is male like it follows a lot of like classical uh hero's journey structure like there's even the part when neo opens the door to all the tech goths <laughs> that want to take him out uh to the to the rave to the dragula rave um his room is room 101 and it's like oh that's both like a coding joke probably and also it's the very first room on the first floor because he's the protagonist of the story yeah so it it explores all these like archetypes very symbolic ways at the same time it's uh it could just be like oh yeah like this movie so this movie's badass it's got kung fu and like they're shooting people and stuff like it's a very like male like stereotypical male action movie but there's a lot more going on around like the sides of it and that's not even the main way you have to read it but it's just like especially 1999 i feel like that's what the majority of people saw in it yeah it's like if i could download a program and no kung fu that'd be rad yeah i mean especially me as like an eight-year-old boy or whatever i'm like this stuff's cool you know like (laughs) you know nuance we grow we learn hopefully (laughs) But it's just, like, uh, I guess I'm being redundant, but yeah, you can just read this movie in so many different ways. It's, uh, it just is perpetually mind-blowing to me. I like the green you know, color. The <laughs> green color. Yeah, Elaborate drama. That, that's, that's play on color right there. Everything is green themed, and it's like, wow, this movie is like neon, like, ooh, futuristic. like Very. Yeah, you know, I guess. Huh? You can go, Tyler. Oh, no, just like I haven't seen this movie in about like four years, I think. And this time around, I just really noticed a lot more, like you were saying, the costuming, Geronimo. Like I was paid a lot more attention to that up to the point where like one of the people in the beginning, um, the one of the girl in the back, she has like this massive, it's not even like a nose ring, but it's like a, like Xerxes from 300 kind of nose oh, ring. Where so, it yeah, takes yeah, up yeah. her whole face. I'm like, she was well, pulling it off. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I mean. It's just like, oh, this seems like kind of like a, like it's a blockbuster action movie. Where it's just like, you could take your whole family to see this movie, but there's all the stuff on the fringes that it's just like the Wachowskis are actually really interested in at the same time. It's like mm-hmm. pretty, it's pretty interesting. There's a lot of Easter eggs like that, but then there's also just a lot of, uh, you can, I mean, this movie's 22 years old now. You can kind of see the scene sometimes and I'm not even complaining about it, but it, it, it's a really great synthesis of like CG and a lot of practical sets. Like even uh, the beginning scene when Trinity's running on the rooftops and there's like a lot of crazy cool angles and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I could have sworn like some of the the cityscape backdrop, like it looks like just like a a painting. 
at points mm -hmm. and like the cg obviously is is dated at this point but it still works and it's you can kind of excuse all that too because of the world that they're in yeah totally it, exactly you know i like even the see when you say the cg is dated even when i was watching i this movie was able to take me away from the seat like looking at the cg part even though i'm with a modern eye i was yeah. like i don't care about the cg right now i'm just like in the world i'm in the fucking matrix and i'm <laughs> eating too. it all mm -hmm. yeah but they no, uh yeah so good there's just like Sorry. so many yeah it's like so many practical effects like all the cameras uh, lined up that's how they do the bullet time stuff they have so many cameras lined up next to each other that they can just cut to them um to have the movement going around the cameras if that makes sense mm -hmm. um, yeah and then there's even like certain optical effects that like i still don't know exactly how they did but there's like a part when it, when they're doing kung fu training like uh the martial arts training with morpheus and neo and like neo gets the upper hand and he like pulls his fist back and then it becomes like a bunch of fists like it's like a kaleidoscope mm. effect and i'm like yeah. oh they probably use like some interesting filter for that and just like uh comp that in or something like i don't really know how they did it but and it's just like not even a close-up or anything like they just layer so many effects in that it just feels all like part of the world like it's so believable it just you just buy into all of like the visual language of the movie like mm -hmm. the part where that one agent dodges all the bullets that Trinity shoots. Oh yeah, so yeah, cool. like that. Yeah, just anytime they're fighting really fast and their arms are getting all wiggly, mm -hmm. <laughs> turns into an anime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's just Wachowskis are very influenced by anime and like kung fu movies, while still like there's a hero's journey involved. And it's just like such a synthesis of so many things. Exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. It, it, it's like let's just take everything and make a giant soup out of it and ugh, so good just i feel like so i good. had a uh, probably like one of like the lamest like revelations ever watching it when morpheus is talking about like the harvesting fields of like the human fetuses i was just like oh my god they're born into the matrix basically that's their entire life and i'm like i was like yeah, that's probably like the easiest like revelation about horrible that life is anyway, but it really creeped me out for some reason. Nonetheless, I was like that a whole like infinite field of like fetuses being harvested and then just like put into the machine. I was like, ugh, that's scary. Hey, I mean, it kind of talks about the animal industry as well. You know, how we handle cattle, pigs, chickens, they're all born in there. And yeah, it, yeah. it, it kind of just turns that world up to that, which you could also read this movie as, you know, pro... Uh, animal rights i guess you could yeah because imagine that happened to you everything is so storyboarded like the wachowskis is designs for the movie like everything was storyboarded so that i was even watching this behind the scenes video and they're showing the storyboards and then the shots like morpheus hanging on neo on the helicopter <laughs> it's like the same exact shot as the storyboards just like mm. i mean that's right. just a that's just a great way to shoot stuff, I guess. But they yeah. just know exactly what they want and they just committed to it. You know, there's just so many good visual stylizations. But even like when he's talking to his boss, there's like the little squeegee, like of the guy squeegeeing mm -hmm. the window outside. Like mm -hmm. there's just like a layer upon a layer. There's a part when uh, Trinity's hanging from the helicopter and it explodes and she hits the front. Like it looks like she's going to hit the camera, but she hits a window in front of the camera. So there's another mm -hmm. layer. They just do such a good mm -hmm. job at like layering to add more texture to the image and everything. Right. There's that part where the helicopter crashes into a building and it turns into goo. <laughs> it does turn into goo for some reason. <laughs> but then all the glass breaks and it's really cool. The simulation wasn't ready for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, 
I mean, also like when Neo falls and he get, turns Looney Tunes, he crashes through the ground and then b- bounces back up. Bounces well, that's just up. like the simulation. That's the construct. Yeah. That's like the practice room. Yeah. You're not going to yeah. kill somebody in your practice room. <laughs> That'd be stupid. <laughs> well, I feel like the Wachowskis had this, they had a lot of of room to play with because it was like a movie that you could really um really add layers that yeah there's that reality part of it but there's also the the dream the places where Mm -hmm. they can get crazy they had unlimited literally unlimited real estate to do what they wanted to do with this movie yeah and they did so by adding all those layers they're like okay we have the basic scene here let's add another layer like you said, the window and then the pain and all this stuff. And then 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 we get it really crazy when the buildings start morphing together and stuff like that. Like I thought they that's a creative dream is to have such a concept that you can just go wild and go f- like fucking crazy. And, and I think they did. And, yeah, yeah, and I think it came out to be the Matrix. Yeah. What Connery? I was like, when you have the excuse to play with reality, like there's really no limits to what you can do and what you mm-hmm. what you can't do. Like you do whatever you want, basically, and that's what they do with with such like glee and abandon in this movie. It's really good. Yeah, I mean, they created their own playground. It's like a massive playground that has like anything that you want the audience to buy. It needs rules, but they don't have too many rules because yeah. like, the, but there's a reason why Neo can do all this stuff and they can't, which. I guess I still don't completely understand other than that he is the at the end of this movie they're just like he's the one so he just knows how to do this stuff yeah you know hmm, on the subject of like challenging your reality maybe I've told this story already on the podcast you know what I don't think I have but uh, I got my little cousin's kingdom hearts for Christmas and the very opening line of that is uh I've been having these weird thoughts lately is any of this for real or not? And I started up the game with them and my little cousin Nolan was like, so it might not be real? And I'm like, I don't know, I guess that's for you to decide is it real or not? He's like, so this might not be real? So right now could not be real? If like, what if right now isn't real? I was like, you gotta define your own reality, man. So I yeah. think you had a little mm-hmm. bit of a matrix crisis. Wow. I guess, so, yeah, what makes it so mythic and with such wide appeal, uh, universal, you could say, yeah. That's, I think that's something that almost every person develops at some point in their life when they do think about these things. Not that we're living in a simulation, but just basically like what existence is. Yeah, what your like, reality is very different from somebody else's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like, obviously there's varying degrees of how people understand that and uh, interpret it. I'm sure there's plenty of people just don't think about it at all, but there, there's always an inkling, I think, at someone's life when, like you're developing as a child or it's like like what is reality you mm-hmm. know and i, can't just I gave, take everything at face value and so i gave a six-year-old that crisis i feel like a little too early <laughs> eh. well whatever they were telling all the telling me all the pokemons i gave them were trash so whatever <laughs> <laughs> have an existential crisis for christmas <laughs> merry crisis <laughs> that's 2022 existential yeah. crisis crisis oh, exacerbates you know when, is, when does this come out does this come out in like no this is the week after january gremlins 2 would be that let's go see if we could do like a new year's resolution kind of thing at the end of this episode but you know that's fine let's just do it now all right what would what's you your guys- new year's resolution connery 
every year when I visit our friend, our friends at Castellanos, Carl and Castellano, past and impending guest, we go to their place and we try to come up with a slogan for the year for our families to like kind of keep in mind or just like laugh at. For I think three years running, and my favorite one remains um, lies and elaborate stories. And I always try to resubmit that one, but I guess my thing this year, and we'll keep it in the theme maybe with reality, is to to challenge my reality maybe, like become a little bit better, like maybe like maybe rise above my current situation and, and really start creating again. I feel like is, is my go-to word, and I th- I feel like this year is going to be very creative for me, and so I'm very excited for that. So I feel like my theme is going to be create so that's going to be my go-to thing what about you guys yeah we are ultimately much more in control of ourselves than anybody else's and we have to come to terms with that it's really up to us to do whatever we want with ourselves whether people say we can't do it or not so i'm gonna try to grow a mustache again at some point Woo! good <laughs> what about you drama just kidding i wish you the best i seriously think you can do it you know all you can do is wish for the best we'll see if it happens does Lily know that that's your resolution? Uh, no, she'll find out about like two months in when it looks like a Halloween <laughs> I, of a a like <laughs> I can't wait. She'll know by that. April. I can't wait. And she'll be like, it. I don't like this. <laughs> Sean, no, what about you? Uh, I never really have thought about a resolution. Oftentimes I've always said like, oh, you know, I want to do this this year. And then 2020 came and just everything went to nowhere hell in a handbasket so that was a painful <laughs> what'd you say hell in a handbasket i never heard that before really? Really? i don't even know what it's from it's just like <laughs> i don't know wow i'm gonna save that one um and um you know when it comes to uh making new year's resolutions it's like i, I i'm done making those because yeah. i personally i'm like hey you can you should set a goal and put steps to do it but if the goal is only to oh i want to get a a new iphone or i if it's something artificial like that i'm like then that's not really a resolution yeah like something about you like what what is it that you're going to do for yourself this next year <laughs> number one thing is i want to make every day count every day count toward every single part of my life and as famous Leonardo DiCaprio said it on Titanic which that was yesterday when I saw it mm-hmm. uh, it was you know what am I going to do every single day that is going to bring that, that's going to go for my goal and my goal is I want to be happy I want to choose to be happy and in order to do that I'm going to do things that make me happy with a limit of course and that meaning is getting sleep for eight hours makes me happy then i'm gonna get my sleep for eight hours if buying myself that cup of coffee that's worth six dollars is gonna make me happy if i can afford it i'm gonna get it and if i can't that's fine too i'll get it some other day so that's my resolution for the year is just to just to be happier i think that's one of the best resolutions you can make your own though yeah definitely i personally am gonna pull a cipher and uh, betray all of my friends so that I can have the Yosemite Sam mustache I always wanted. I can't wait for this <laughs> grand betrayal. This is Judas. <laughs> Just so the Sentinels take me back. <laughs> Put me back in the tube, Tyler says. <laughs> my whole my whole uh, birth tube thing is just filled with hair from my upper lip i was gonna say your, your hand just like floats stroking stroking this like unrollable <laughs> mustache 
as you like in the simulation you're stroking this big Yosemite Sam. <laughs> you should grow two mustaches. I'll try. Two mustaches. Yeah. <laughs> One time. <laughs> One time. Hey, past and pending guest Jefferson Fugit. Uh, I was working with him, and he uh, he saw this trend on Reddit or something, and uh, just showed up to work with two mustaches one day. How do you do two mustaches? You grow out your beard, and then you shave it to so that it looks like another mustache. So you have a mustache on above you, and above your lips, and below, but it's like the same angle. This is a difficult concept. It was really disturbing, and I kept telling him to shave it, and then he finally did. <laughs> uh, how do you guys feel about Cypher's betrayal? of uh, the you see i grew pillars. up i see i was shown this movie in, in like parcels in elementary school tyler and, and By, from, from your teacher from my teacher from oh, my okay. very christian principal at the time and he used this movie as a judeo-christian metaphor yeah for, neo is jesus yeah. neo is jesus and cypher is judas and so i remember watching that scene between like that is judas and he betrayed christ Judas Pantoliano. Yeah, I'm like, and also, I guess Mr. Smith was Satan and, you know, hanging out. His betrayal looking now makes a lot of sense, particularly the 30 pieces of silver in the situation being going back to a life that he would basically engineer. And I'm wondering if the Smiths would even hold their end of the bargain, which I don't think they would. Yeah, Did I don't you guys really get know. that they would like hold up their end of the bargain? I for think him? they would. I definitely you think, think they, they give him like a good life and not just like instate him as like a nobody because I'd probably do that if I was them because he wouldn't yeah, well, remember. Well, they're machines. The yeah. older they they have no they only see in the algorithm whatever they're they're in program and they yeah, see it as addictive. like you're gonna give us what we want we're gonna give you what you want that's the end of that transaction and then you're gonna become a battery until you we no longer need you like that's the thing yeah that's uh, a good point and yeah that's a good point i totally I, thought they would like welch on that but they both have like they, they are machines it's transactional they have mm -hmm. like limitless potential in this world because it's of their own making and then also yeah they wouldn't think emotionally they would just think transactionally because they're robotic um mm -hmm. although agent smith seems to be coming uh more than just a robot yeah, I yeah, only say that aware. Yeah, I was because Smith seems to be developing emotions and feelings, and so I was just like, would he welch on that? Because the other two would probably be like, oh yeah, deal, whatever, and he might be more like, oh, get fucked, I don't care. I feel like this is a conversation I'll circle back in revolutions, because there's discussion of, like, the Sentinel Society, the robot robotic society, and that, that I don't really remember too well, so when we go and re-explore that, it's like, I don't remember if some of them actually have sentience or, or what, or if it's just an impulse, like a defense mechanism, but. I'm excited for that. I haven't seen the se either of the sequels, so this will be fun. Oh, really? You never saw yeah. them? Wow. That, yeah, this will be fun. Mm -hmm. um, this is where the fun begins. <laughs> I have something that I just thought of just by, by the conversation that we've been having. Um, do we all know the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Right. I watched Charles Moses Jones. <laughs> there you go. So if you really Rash. think it, from from my AP my failed AP biology classes yeah. in high school, <laughs> I didn't successfully <laughs> complete because I sucked. Um, uh, and that's why I'm in film. 
Um, one of the things that I remember was, you know, that a lot of scientists have uh, theoreticized or that the mitochondria were actual single cell organisms that essentially mix with the multi-cell organism that is making our cells now, right? So if back then a mitochondria was, right, the powerhouse of the cell, it became that, the, the, the powerhouse of the cell, then it ensured its survival in the back then hostile world of, uh, of the reality that was Earth then, which can be very compared to the matrix. And that's the only reason why it continues to survive today is through generations of generations of, of, of living in uh, conjunction inside of something else. Mm -hmm. So if you think about the matrix um, and how we humans, you know, kind of, we are a virus, we kind of screwed everything up on the earth, we overconsumed, and, you know, the machines were the next generation of technology, they saw it, you know, in a way, we are kind of ensuring our own survival uh, for, for the infinity, and to, in order for us to survive the harsh reality and the impending doom that will be earth, you know, because eventually the earth will be consumed by the sun, we yeah. ensure our survival by feeding these machines, and these machines ensure our survival that we're able to live our lives, even though it's not real, but it is real. So in a way, we're kind of like mitochondria ourselves for these machines. We're yeah, just power conduits. a bigger organism. It, um, it almost makes me think that like it's very far flung future ideas, like them winning and going into space and just like seeing the sun, because like what's called the humans like scorch the sky in the matrix and then like breaking through and like being in space and seeing the sun just being like limitless potential baby <laughs> that may just, come like, back machine star children, basically. <laughs> what may, may come back um yeah i couldn't remember in this movie if they explained it but yeah it's the, the it was it this one where they explained that uh, humanity blotted out the sun so that the yeah. uh ro robots uh the sentinels would know would not have power so then they just absorb people as human batteries <laughs> like you're a battery <laughs> i think switch even calls neo a copper top in a scene because it's like he's a like a copper battery like you know yeah. powering all the robots um it's really really interesting and it's something that i didn't really think about for like a few times seeing this movie like it took me a long time to fully comprehend what's going on but I uh, appreciate any cinema that puts humans below something else <laughs> because yeah. it's a different perspective. It's And there's like a lot of truth to what Agent Smith is saying too. It's just like, humans are a virus. You are a disease. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's true to a certain extent. And uh, I guess it it's even uh, more contextualized right now because of COVID and everything. Like, yeah. not that humanity is a disease, but it's just like- We're certainly capable of spreading it uh well yes that and then also um i don't know like a virus isn't really acting with ill will either it's just as acting out of it's surviving yeah. it's surviving but humanity has free will so it's like worse than a virus in some ways yeah but <laughs> we, we are also surviving we are anyways that's my half-baked uh philosophy drama what about the editing in this movie it's good right Mm, what needs Nemo? Very good. Very good editing. No, absolutely. I mean, the editing is fantastic. You know, I think, I wonder if they were cutting with, uh, with digital systems or if they were still cutting actual, like, um, I don't know what, what tape decks or something. I, I would love, I actually don't know any information of how they cut this film. 
Um, but I would have loved to see how they did it because all the effort into which shots they take, like all the CGI that they had to rug in. And I mean, think about it. They're working with 1990s computers, like Jesus yeah, Christ, yeah. like holy crap. But that's insane. How did they do it, right? So then um, I, I would love to see if there's some sort of like art of the cut or something for it. But the editing was absolutely fantastic in my eyes. And it's just inspirational just to, to see good editing when, when, when good acting, good cinematography, uh, good direction, good writing, and good editing all comes together just to, just to show you that, hey, this is the magic of movies. It's like they can take you to another world. And I never even noticed the editing while I was watching. I was just so entertained. So like yeah. when, when the editing wasn't doing, like if it was a slow film, if it was a slow element, uh, or sorry, a slow scene in the movie, and there was not a lot of cutting happening around. There was something else that was giving me the attention that I, the the entertainment that I needed. Say, for example, the the scene when uh, he's about to take one of the pills. It's it's a very slow scene. It's a very quiet scene. We here we're not cutting too much, so I'm not distracted there. But the cinematography, the angle of the camera. The acting is slow. Everything is slowly but slowly just reeling me in into which one is he going to take? Which one would I take? Would I take the blue pill? Would I take the, the red pill? You know? So, like, just, but it, it was just very, very, very fun. Um, and then also the CGI, too, like, just to transform, like, because uh, that was a revolutionary shot, you know, when they do the 360 shot. I mean, that was all editing there as well yeah. uh, in camera movement. Mm -hmm effects because the cameras aren't moving yeah they're cutting between all the cameras and like that yeah. all the same frame yeah like just the fact that at that point it it distracted but on purpose because i was expecting them to like dodge the bullets but then i'm like whoa i'm like i'm gonna take you here and i'll be there that to me was like next level uh and it i was just like i can see why this movie just is so good it's the editing on the matrix it's a it's a very great movie to watch to study from an editor's perspective and really get some ideas to like what what is good editing what isn't yeah there's like plenty of artistic flair but it's never obvious it's like everything that's edited whether visually or through sound transition as well like it's all for a purpose like there's like uh, the transition from the phone into the matrix and stuff like that like that's like it's sending you on a journey it's not just like an artistic cut that's just like a slow fade out or anything like that or uh, mm -hmm. uh i don't know there's no wipes or anything like that um but it's just it, it's so just is telling the story that's keeping you immersed but it's also giving you a lot of uh visual information at the same time mm -hmm. yeah um, but it, it never really i feel like the editing never really draws attention to itself but it is like really flawless at the same time if that makes sense yeah it never like overstays its welcome. It's just like, okay, we need to cut to this, but in a way that like is engaging, but also doesn't draw attention to itself at the yeah. same time. And and they also let shots breathe too, like when they're grandesque, say the walking into the bank or just like they don't focus on they don't they're not trying to like the shots aren't trying to like get overwhelming. Like they, they let them breathe. Like they I, they let you take in the full picture instead of just yeah going all out and like most modern movies really do yeah they like with the, cut. the fight choreography and the gunfights and stuff like that there's it mm -hmm. spends a lot of time on the characters and that's very important for uh like yeah 
for like hand to hand combat fights, especially it's like you're seeing all of it happening with all the wire work and everything. Um, you see it, there's not a lot of close ups at all really in the fights. There's maybe sometimes uh, of an arm, you know, but really it's just like the closest it really gets is like a cowboy shot with like Agent Smith like <laughs> doing this like weird crane I, or some sort of kick like behind him to like hit Neo and stuff like that in the final fight. It always stays like, like pretty far enough so that you can see all the kinetic stuff going mm-hmm. on. I like that punch that Neo throws, like Smith blocks it, and, like he just extends his hand and gives him like a little like throat tap where he's like, ah! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then when he's like finally like resurrected or whatever, he's just like using one arm. He's like, yeah, whatever. Like this is easy. Yeah, now. it's like you're nothing now, dude. <laughs> so he good. him. <laughs> he was OOP. <laughs> he's hyper OOP in the end. There was one shot that was a little distracting now that I think about it. I think it's the part where Neo literally like warps into him mm-hmm. and just like blows him from the inside. And I'm just like, I get it. That was a big explosion moment. That's him being a badass at that point. But I do remember that scene. I was just like, oh, that caught me by surprise a little bit. I expected something different, I guess. But I was like, oh, that's a choice. I get it. Why it is unexpected. Yeah um yeah it because he's also subverting what the agents do you're like oh shit the fact that he can do this now he can defeat like all the agents yeah up to the point Mm -hmm. where he flies away at the end of the movie i'm like uh maybe that's a bit much (laughs) no no but that was on purpose though that that was fun that was fun that's like hey it's like you're watching a movie yeah he defies the reality of the matrix now entirely the rules don't apply to him officially also that is that's the the son that flew back to heaven right he rose back to heaven so yes that, that is the resurrection the... Geronimo, you're right yeah oh it's he came the, back from the dead. he came back from the dead too this hoe came back from the dead mm-hmm. with love <laughs> niho <laughs> oh connery I, I do need to ask you how you feel about the uh sentinel design what your thoughts are on the robots oh i like them a lot Oh really? Like, like giant creepy krill things. Yeah. I I was terrified of the silverfish thing that crawls into his belly button too. Oh, oh yeah, that one's real awful. Oh. Big fan. I thought I liked them a lot. They're like giant krill octopus things. I thought they were very scary. And especially like the the, the little spiders, like the working spiders yes. that like are around like the, the babies. pods. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like uh, oh, this is good. There's a whole like hierarchy, and then like this is great, and then like the giant like harvesters. I'm like I really like the design of the machine monsters i thought they were really cool yeah they're the whole it's a whole fleshed out world too like all the different types um Mm -hmm. but i I just remember like watching this for like a decade and like not really liking the sentinels like i I was like yeah these octopus things are kind of lame like i I didn't know what i wanted i don't think i wanted like terminators but i just uh i didn't like how flowy they were but now watching it i'm like i mean i don't have any problems with it (laughs) like it's cool it's definitely pretty i I think it's pretty unique yeah like they feel like they live in the world tonight these are the things that like adapted to like where they are now they're very flowy because they need to like move effortlessly like between all like like the batteries and like grabby with like the claws and stuff like replace dead bodies and like flush them out like they have they feel very purposeful and very scary and gross at the same time yeah they're like alien um anatomy kind of like yeah like they look filthy but like like they're probably just normal like they're just so inhuman and that's why i like the contrast so much i think yeah what do you do you like them too drama 
I love who doesn't like octopus like <laughs> like tentacles like uh, everything when when I, definitely back then that would have been a very alien-esque image to see and it, it would have creeped me out um because also it reminded me of spiders it also yeah. it, it reminds yeah. you anything that has more than what we're not like anything more than four legs is going to be scary and yeah. I don't know if you really think about it what else has six legs like if you think of anything it's going to scare us and that's why i was like of course they have to go with that kind of like you know like ooh, kind of going around have you guys get you have you guys heard about like the uncanny valley conspiracy theory thing what's the conspiracy theory it's that like the reason why we're so disturbed by things that look human but aren't is that it's an evolutionary trait and supposedly maybe at one point we had to deal with things that looked human but weren't that's terrifying holy shit yeah, I, I always thought that was kind of enjoyable to think about. If I show you a CGI monstrosity, you're like, that looks gross and ugly. I hate it. Like, why are you physically repulsed by that? And it's just like, and generally humanity as a whole is gross. Is like, that looks gross. I'm unsettled by it. Like uh, like the kid from Toy Story. When you look at him, you're like, that looks gross. In like <laughs> the first one. No, nothing we know of does that. It's just like, whatever it was, maybe died out or we beat it or something like that. Like like the monster from Pan's Labyrinth with the two yeah. eye thing. It looks like a humanoid, but it's terrifying. It's mm-hmm. like God. Yeah, so just that little scary thought to give you guys some sweet drinks tonight. It is interesting, especially with like all these like deep fakes and stuff like that. And the way that they're building AIs now, like they're trying to do full body robotics mm-hmm. and everything like that to like give it a, a human face, but it's always like horrifying because it's like expressing yeah. extreme emotions at all times. Um <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's the next step in our evolution as human beings i'm like we're too mushy for our own gut like our own sex we need to become ro- uh, robotic Ooh, we yeah. need to implant ourselves with everything possible and you know grow shells made out of metal because that's the only way we're gonna survive we're i mean well, at least like i think cybernetics is like closely around the corner like it's already being applied for prosthetics and everything and but up up to like the whole degree of yeah being like a cybernetic person like like uh what transmetropolitan the comic book um there's a whole yeah. thing on like cybernetics rights and everything and it's just like a whole different like class of people that are like being discriminated against because they they're like rejecting their own bodies uh right. for cybernetic implants and everything it's like bringing it's like a uh, not quite a cult, but there's like, yeah, it's just like a different religion and everything. That's not exactly what happens, but it just raises a lot of interesting cybernetic, uh, like cyborg identity kind of things. Like how, it's another class how, of humanity. How far with like body construct augmentation would you guys go? Like if you had access to it right now, how far would you go to like amplify yourself like that? Oh. Like, would, would you go hard. full, like, robot, like, full automaton? I would definitely want to, number one, I am blind. I would want cybernetic eyes. I would want augmented eyes. Yeah. I would want to be able to see fully through, you know, enhancements in my eyes. So as long as it could be enhanced, I would love that. Hearing as well. And number one, my whole spine and back. <laughs> yeah i will never yeah. yeah like oh i was gonna imagine say my me, too. <laughs> like imagine me just having like metal like like almost like a metal skeleton that i would just be like my back never hurts 
mm-hmm. my bones are never going to deteriorate and it could essentially you know I, I would go that far um so a full skeleton re, 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 renovation for you a full skeleton room what's called reno friend, yes yes i mean those are all the like most practical things that i think would come first with cybernetics like mm-hmm. like there's plenty there's lots of people with back problems uh and like at some point we won't need glasses or contacts because of cybernetic eyes like yeah. although that doesn't sound cost efficient but and then also i'd love to just watch movies without it looking at it's like oh well, i was was I having a conversation with you sorry i was watching the matrix <laughs> just staring <laughs> off into the void <laughs> It's like a black like Tyler, episode. stop watching Meet the Feebles and try to have a conversation with you. <laughs> <It's> pure demented <laughs> cinema. Oh, sorry, I was watching the house that Jack built. Were you having a conversation oh my with me? God. Um, no, that's a great point, Geronimo. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it just the way you describe it too, it sounds like very appealing. I'd get my arms done probably. Yeah, I don't know the if I would give up mine. my arms for that, you know. But if it's like if I was missing a limb, definitely that'd be great. Yeah, I'd, I'd um, say chop off my arms, give me like cool arms, maybe like little spider fingers, so I can kind of just take them out and go really fast, like type things. <laughs> just type really fast. Yeah, that'd be fun. I'll never get carpal tunnel again. <laughs> and that's just like my line of work, where I feel like my hands do hurt sometimes. So I'm like, it'd be cool if I just like type really fast, just like think, and my hands like do it for me almost. <laughs> Cut off my oh. human hands. There, <laughs> I need to type. Yeah, and I like the idea of being semi-like, I, I guess, like, scary with, like, my fingers, like, elongate, and there's, like, like little metal things, like, that's probably, and also the back thing, the back thing hands out, because my back has been hurting lately, and I'm like, I do a full spine rip out, that'd be good. Yeah, just rip it out, like, a like the spine of a fish. Yeah, just do it, dude, just give me a full, give me, like, the full spine redux, at least. Bless you, Tyler. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes, definitely eyes, ears, uh, cybernetic mustache. (laughs) Um, Like Dr. Eggman mustache. The last thing I guess we could talk about is the casting, but even at that point, I'm like, I don't know, at least to me, it's just like, well, I don't know, this movie's casting is flawless. Like, what does it talk about? (laughs) Like, I feel like everyone's so perfectly cast. I'm a little worried, because I feel like sometimes Keanu Reeves seems kind of metallic to me in his performances, like, just very dry. Man, that might be just lately, mm. but I thought he was really good in this. I was like, he's he's kind of perfect. He's doing oh, great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant this movie. Yeah, especially at the end when he's like doing the whole speech of like, "Come find us." Like, we're not looking for the end. I don't know the end of this, but I at least am asking for a beginning or whatever. You know, like that yeah. whole speech at the end. I'm like, he's kind of perfect for this movie. Yeah, he he has emotional inflection in his voice. Like, I just feel like I've seen him in a bunch of things these days where he's just like very like, "Do do do, we gotta yeah. do the thing, get to." If we don't do this, humanity's gonna die. Do you want humanity to die? And you're like, I don't know. It sounds like you're fine with it. Um, I don't know what movie that is, but <laughs> I feel like he's like that in John Wick, and I well, kind of remember his performance in Cyberpunk 2077, where he is uh, very like that the entire yeah, time. Definitely Cyberpunk 2077's biggest problem, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> well, he doesn't really <laughs> help it, to be honest. <laughs> <Mm-mm>. <laughs> But yeah, yeah it's mean, amazing. It's a, it's a beautiful, awesome cast. Lawrence Fishburne is incredible. Yes. Hugo Weaving's great. Hugo Weaving is just like so perfect. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. like, I'm just, just so glad he exists. <laughs> like, I like right. him as this. Like, I love him as Elrond, but I love him as this, like, even more. Like, he's just, 
I don't know. He just chews it up. When he's in the scene, he like consumes it entirely. Like, oh my god, he's so good. <laughs> Do you guys have any final notes? I guess in general, Geronimo, any last things you want to say about the Matrix? Uh, just generally an excellent film. Um, and it's one of those films that I consider that if somebody's going through a moment of like just a rough time and they want to just escape, the Matrix will definitely do it. But just generally, it's just an escape film because there's so much into it that you can buy in. And there's yeah. a little bit of everything for, for everybody's kung fu, guns. Uh, there was no sex. No. There was. That's the first thing. It's the first movie yeah, that didn't really true. use sex. They just like kiss and that's it. Yeah. And Don't worry, it'll get horny. Kind of horny too. It'll get horny. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, per, wait per, first of all, last thing uh, I want to touch on is uh, Keanu Reeves. He was also very attractive in this movie, and he had that bad boy who smokes cigarettes in the back and skips school kind of like vibe. Yes. That's why he's so good in this movie because he has that like like aura of like mystery and like um. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, oh my God, he is just uh, innocent. There's a sense cool. of innocence to him that yeah. that we we empathize with. And then Definitely. when he turns into that bad boy, of course, then that's when we're like, oh God! Like from a female perspective or from a queer perspective, he is a a perfect cast for that. Um, he was casted very well for it. Um, I saw him in Constantine too before watching. <laughs> yeah, Constantine. Like, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I'm seeing two out. Like, uh, just that was a that was a good prime time for him. He was he was definitely there. Who's, so yeah, I thought he was like 27. Huh? Who's the one who plays Gabriel in in uh, Constantine? Tilda Swinton, I think. I, yeah. I had that in my head. I was scared to say it. She's great in that too. Yeah, I thought he was like 27 in this movie, but I looked at, he's like around 35, 36 when this movie came. No out. way. <laughs> it, it's Keanu Reeves. He's a vampire. Jesus like he just is infinitely God. always good looking. Yeah. Wow. That's he's almost good. 60. Good for him. I know. <laughs> but yeah, there's so many like movies that just like are trying to be blockbusters that um are like trying to be like mass appeal movies where the main protagonist is the hero's journey and everything. They're like way too innocent and like almost juvenile in the beginning like mm -hmm. I, you could say the same for a new hope even like the first star wars movie like it was like luke's almost a little whiny and annoying but i still really like his character but there's anakin, just so many anakin. <laughs> oh yeah okay yeah that's let's not even get into the prequels right now but um <laughs> it, it, like neo is like dark and mysterious but also like inherently and like a a kind person and like a, mm -hmm. a, or at least inherently like a good-willed person yeah like even agent smith's like you help your landlady take out the trash and he's like disgusted by that almost <laughs> but like, like what is wrong with you like you're living this like normal life and then you've done every computer crime imaginable <laughs> What's yeah, he's, up, dude? every computer crime he's just like this edgy like loves goth yeah. stuff like goth rave stuff but is also like a nice dude so it's like yeah. it's such a good mixture like he really does all that very well and just his whole look is is great um there's so many like failure of 90s uh sci-fi movies leads <laughs> um but uh yeah i think that's all i was gonna say and uh i just like that mouse talks has that whole monologue about chicken 
and how maybe chicken is a simulation. They're like, oh, like, do you think chicken tastes like everything? Because they couldn't figure out what to make it taste like. Sure. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, that was good. And he's like, did you like the girl in the red dress? I programmed her. I did that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's like the only bit of sexuality in this movie, really, besides like the kiss between Trinity and Neo. And it's like yeah. a little pervy. It's like, it's like the way the ma- that mouse goes out. Like, oh, yeah, like, uh, that's kind of the way the way this guy would go out with the two big machine guns, but doesn't hit anybody. <laughs> doesn't hit anybody. But hey, fun fact, Mouse also Elan flees Bagano and attacks the clones. Hey. Hmm. Yeah, so we want if he wants any death sticks. You want any death sticks? <laughs> you know what to tell me, any death sticks. You want to rethink your life. Uh, anything else you wanted to add, Geronimo, before we call it a night? Uh, thank you episode. for having me. Um, I am excited to rewatch the next Matrix. How do you, well, okay, let me ask you a question. Matrices. So here. Matrices. Is that is that so. the cool? I think so. Yeah. May mm. try. No. <laughs> you may ah, try. Tricks. <laughs> Tricks are for kids. Tricks are Get for out of here. All right. Fine. Shot down again. <laughs> By the English language. <laughs> By the English language. <laughs> Curse you, Grandma. On that note, thank you so much for joining us, Geronimo. Don't forget, everybody, there is no spoon. We didn't talk about that, really, the Oracle oh. and all that. Oh, I love the Oracle. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm true. sure she comes back. In a different form, perhaps, but Ooh. still the same. Ah. Uh, Geronimo Moran, thank you so much for joining us today. Do you have anything to plug before we go? Be good, be kind. And uh, I don't have any social medias, but if you ever need an editor who loves the Matrix, and you're looking to make something <laughs> sci-fi always reach out i know people who know people who know people who know people www.geronimomoran.com sure let me give me time to make the website <laughs> hire geronimo that's his plug just give him kidding. work he's yes. amazing just love geronimo give your love, personal number love. over the over the airway <laughs> what is your home address <laughs> Oh, yeah, here's my Venmo, guys. Send me money. <laughs> I live in apartment 101. Ooh. <laughs> Follow the white rabbit, Geronimo. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Geronimo. Connery, what do you have to plug? Uh, if you enjoy the sound of my voice, you also enjoy tabletop role-playing games. You'll probably enjoy Starship and Paula. It's an actual play role-playing game podcast hosted by me and four other amazing friends. Over 100 hours of content waiting for you to devour. We're on the SoundCloud app and we're on the Apple Podcast app. Tyler, what do you have to plug? Follow me at Tammy Vice on Instagram for any photo shoots I've been doing at Tammy Vice on Letterboxd and Twitter. You can see what movies I've been watching. Uh, go ahead, comment, comment away. Uh, and yeah. any tweets I've been tweeting, they're all very important. Um, and follow us at the franchise at Franchise Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. I'm starting to do TikToks again. TikTok, you did TikToks again. One. You, you did an incredible one with Gizmo. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you liked it so much. I did Real one with Gizmo. Being as the driver from drive uh i wish he had a little jacket uh check that out uh emails emails at the franchise podcast at gmail.com for any questions comments what's the positive one again compliments (laughs) compliments i forget what that word means uh complaints can't think of the concerns please give us five stars on apple podcast helps grow the show and leave a little uh, commented review a little written review it'll help us so much Aside from you listening, really appreciate all you listeners out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I love you. 
We love you. We love. <laughs> we love you guys. <laughs> uh, fun fact: at the end of the credits, the URL for the now defunct website of the film is given, which is www.whatisthematrix.com, along with a password, which is steak. Isn't that fun? Steak. Yeah, like oh. cipher. Eat yeah. steak. Oh right! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a fun little Easter egg. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for The Matrix Reloaded, The Matrix Revolutions, and The Matrix Resurrections coming up soon in your feed. And until next time, my name is Neo. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.